In this podcast, we're going to talk about communication and some of the things that can hinder communication. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. Did you know that according to experts, only 7% of communication are the words that we actually speak? So this podcast is going to be a little more practical in content, but I believe it can help us communicate better and it will have a great impact on our entire lives. Today's verse is Amos 3, verse 3. How can two walk together unless they agreed? So if only 7% of our communication comes through the words that we speak, then what makes up the other 93%? Well, it's made up of many intangibles like body language, tone of voice, facial expressions. These things are actually more important in our communication than the words that we speak. Usually it's a male thing to say something like, I heard every word you said. Now, guys, if this statistic is accurate, then when we do that, we've only heard 7% of what is being communicated. You know, Cindy and I have the opportunity to speak publicly on a regular basis. Anyone who does public speaking has probably had this situation happen to them at various times. You finish your talk and someone will come up to you and make a comment on something they thought you said during your talk. The only problem is that what they said that you said is not something that you said. For example, I remember someone come up after one message said and said something like, I love the way you talked so intimately about Jesus' humanity. The problem was that nowhere in my message did I talk about Jesus' humanity. What I said and what they heard were two very different things. That makes communicating in a public setting very complicated. The same complications apply for personal communication as well. So let's begin by looking at some of the factors that can have a negative impact on our personal communication. A major factor to consider in interpersonal communication is the level of wounding found in both people. When we are wounded, we will speak and listen through that wounding. Our hurts and wounds become a filter through which we communicate. Someone who has experienced a lot of rejection will communicate through their filter of rejection. Rejection will taint both how they communicate and how they receive communication from others. I struggled for most of my life with shame. I think you've heard me talk about that. Shame is that thing that says there's something wrong with me. My communication with others was affected by my shame. For example, shame told me that when something was wrong, it was my fault. Consequently, when Cindy would bring something up that was a problem that needed to be discussed, I immediately went into shame mode and assumed that the problem was my fault. Instead of addressing the issue, I would begin to apologize for causing the problem, even if I didn't cause it. You can see how woundedness can affect our communication. As I have received healing for my issue with shame, our ability to communicate has drastically improved. RTF is one of the best resources to help you improve your communication. 
Start by dealing with the generational pressure that's come down through your bloodline. Things like shame and rejection, which are often passed down from generation to generation, must be broken from your life through applying what Jesus did for you on the cross. We often see generational pressure like performance or unworthiness or victimization or fear getting in the way of good communication. The pressure from these iniquities that are resident in the bloodline push people to react out of these uh, performance or unworthiness or victimization or fear. Instead of listening, they react. Let me use an example. If the generational iniquity of victimization is operating in someone, they're going to both hear what someone says to them and then respond to what is being said through victimization. We might ask them a simple question like, were you able to pick up the medicine at the pharmacy today? The healed person would answer this question with a yes or a no answer. But the person living with pressure from victimization might instantly answer defensively with, I didn't have time. My boss is always making me do all these extra things at work. He never lets me off work on time. I don't know when I'll be able to get to go and get them. Okay, that's a victim responding, blaming things on someone else. Once the generational pressure of victimization is broken off through RTF ministry, then that person can communicate from a free and healed place rather than bringing their iniquity into the conversation. Ryan Hall is an incredible worship leader that uh, leads worship for our international conferences. He's led worship all over the country and in some very large conferences. He told us that dealing with RTF crowd is such a privilege because RTF people are so healed. Healed people worship with more freedom, but they also communicate in a much cleaner way. The second thing that needs to be dealt with for good communication are the lies we believe. There are always ungodly beliefs about communication that must be removed. Messages like, they don't really care what I have to say, or what I have to say is not really that important, among many other lies that people can believe that interfere with communication. The place to start in determining what lie is affecting your communication is by asking the Holy Spirit what you might be believing that is getting in the way of healthy communication. He, the Holy Spirit, is very willing and able to show you the lies you're believing. Often this will happen right after an uncomfortable conversation. Then you can walk yourself through RTF, ungodly belief ministry, and remove the lie and allow God to give you a new truth to live by. Then, of course, you will need to get your heart healed from anything that is hindering your communication. It's during communication that we often discover these unhealed emotional landmines. You can recognize these landmines when someone says something that triggers a much bigger emotional response than is called for by the situation. This is an indication of a wound that Jesus wants to heal. As we set aside time to take the wound to Jesus in what we call a soul-spirit healing, he's amazing at meeting us in the middle of the hurt and bringing his healing. Then once the emotional landmine is removed, removed, communication has less things hindering it. Once the three things that I just listed are complete, getting rid of the demonic interference is actually quite easy. Did you know that there are demons assigned to interfere with communication? There is one whose specific job is to twist communication. Now, I know you've had this happen. You're talking with somebody and you say one thing and they hear something completely different. It happens a lot, especially with important communication. 
That is a demon assigned to twist communication. Once we have cleared away the obstacles caused by our woundedness through wonderful RTF ministry, then we can look at some practical information that will improve communication. One factor is that every message that is spoken has two components. First, the words being spoken, and then secondly, the feelings connected to those words. You will never totally understand what someone is saying unless you listen for both the words and the feelings attached to those words. Let's take a simple example. One person asks a question, what time's the meeting start? Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But if you listen to both the words and try to understand the feelings attached to those words, you might discover that there's something going on beneath the words. They might be asking what time the meeting starts because they have a conflict with something else, or they need your help in sorting this conflict out. Or they might have unfinished work that needs to get done before the meeting, and they're feeling pressure. The words project information in black and white. Feelings paint the picture in color. Listening for more than just words takes effort, especially for men, because men don't typically communicate feelings as well as women. Men can often communicate just facts, even though there is emotion motivating those facts. Okay, so let's give the men some grace here and say that your boss and coworkers probably don't want to hear what you're feeling. They may just want to know the facts. But the people in close relationship with you, your wife, your children, your close friends, your church friends, they do want and need to know what you're feeling. Men often shut down their feelings when at work, but then leave them shut down in more intimate relationships. Sharing how we feel, men, is vital in these more intimate relationships. Okay, guys, think about this. You know of guys at your church who you know, but yet you don't know. Why is that? I'll bet it's because as men, we don't let ourselves be known to the other men at church. We don't share feelings with other men very easily. It's more like, hey, how about that football game yesterday? Yet being known by others is one of the deepest longings of our heart. Receiving healing allows you to share more easily with others without fear or intimidation. Women, on the other hand, have emotions connected with almost everything they say. This is a wonderful aspect of the way God created them. To understand what a woman is communicating, you have to listen for both the words and the feelings behind the words. This type of deep understanding does not happen without being intentional. Good communication does not just happen. It must be an, an intentional act. What are some of the things you can do to be intentional about creating good communication? Number one, set aside time for communication. Now, as part of this time, display behavior that will encourage communication, such as turn off the TV, put your cell phone away, or if you have an Apple Watch or whatever else you do to receive communication. I know, drastic, right? When Cindy and I go to a restaurant to talk, we both put our cell phones away. I'm amazed how often you will see three or four people sitting at a table in a restaurant and every person's on their cell phone looking at something different. I also know that I can't sit facing the front door of the restaurant or face a TV on the wall. That's just me. I get distracted too easily. Remember that 93% of communication is nonverbal, so be aware of your body language, eye contact, tone of voice, those kind of things. Another behavior that encourages communication is to respond to the person speaking to let them know that you're listening. 
We often treat our conversations like a tennis match. In other words, while they're speaking, they're hitting the ball to me, I'm preparing for what I'm going to say back to them, setting up for hitting the ball back to them. We're not completely listening, and we are definitely not showing them that we value what they're saying when we do that. When you're in this tennis match conversation, you will often find that you talk over the other person or do something in order to get your point across. What if instead of listening just enough so that I can respond back and display all of my amazing wit and wisdom, I would listen to understand what they're saying and then let them know I was listening. Saying things like, okay, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying, and then repeat back to them what they said. Or, that, wow, that must have been really difficult. Or, it sounds like you felt, and then tell them what you thought they were feeling when that happened. Or, what I heard you say is, and repeat back to them. This is an amazing thing to do with people. People love to be heard. And when you listen in this way, they will more often feel heard and feel valuable. Now, let me get on a soapbox just for a minute. Texting and emails are a terrible way to communicate things from the heart. They're okay for sending and receiving the, you know, what do we need from the grocery store type information. But when it comes to emotionally charged information, text or email are not a healthy method. Because again, the words are only 7% of the message being communicated, and that's all you have when texting. 93% of the message is open to interpretation. I can't tell you how many times in ministry we've heard about relationships that have been damaged or even destroyed through misunderstandings from texting or email. So listening to others is one of the easiest ways to communicate value. When we take the time to really listen so the other person feels heard, they can't help but feel valuable. And I know we all want that. So Lord, I just ask that you would take this information, this little brief teaching, and you would teach us, show us how we can become better listeners, better communicators, how we can express value to other people through how we listen to them. So Holy Spirit, again, I just lay this at your feet and say, use this information to make us into the kind of people that would would, uh, listen well and love well by doing that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.